0: Are you looking to live the abundant life no matter what your income is? You're in the right place. This is the podcast that will teach and inspire you to live better. Whether you want to earn more, save more, or improve your relationship with money or people, it's time for the 90 Days to Abundance podcast, brought to you by SavingsAngel.com. Here's your host, the Chief Executive Angel of
1: SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. Thank you so much, Cece, and welcome to 90 Days to Abundance. My job is to help you enjoy more of the good life. And if you've got a family and you like to enjoy time with family or friends, I've got some great ideas in this episode. And I'm going to be talking with Joe Salce from StackingBenjamins.com. He's a good friend of mine. And we're going to be talking about Board games. And I got to tell you, I was very skeptical when I saw that Joe was a fan of board games. We got to talking about it, and you're really going to love this conversation. I, I really, I, I just, I really, really enjoyed talking with Joe. And we also talked about kids and allowance. And I was pretty surprised with what Joe recommended in terms of how much money you should give kids. their allowance and then we're going to talk about why we don't talk to kids about money and finally maybe we ought to let kids fail at money and that might be a good thing so I'm really really excited to share this conversation with you and at the conclusion I'm going to come back and I'm going to share the results because Joe's going to make some recommendations and I'm going to share with you my results of what he recommended. He recommended some board games. And as a family, we really haven't played a whole lot of board games. Well, we did. And I'm going to share with you how it went. I'm going to share some honesty with you about how it went as well. So without further ado, hey, let's get to my conversation with Joe Salce from stackingbenjamins.com. All right, Joe, thank you so much for joining me on the 90 Days to Abundance show. Dude, I'm I'm here. Josh, yes. actually on 90
0: Days to Abundance.
1: All right, so if we were to start playing a board game, what would it be because I know you're a fan?
0: <laughs> it would be called, you know, there's this great board game called Ticket to Ride. I don't know if you're
1: familiar with that. No, I I think I've se- seen the name. What what is it? What do you do?
0: Oh, it's fantastic. You, you collect all these different colors and you've got a map of the United States. You try to connect routes. So, so so let's say you've got in your hand that you need to connect a train from Boston to Seattle and these cards have colors and different sections of track are all red, all blue, all green, whatever. And you collect like five red ones you can connect Duluth to Sault Ste. Marie or whatever it might be. And and so, so you play that. But, you know, this show, Josh, because you guys here, because your show covers so much territory and covers the whole, you know, your audiences worldwide, I thought that Ticket to Ride. Global, truly. Yeah. So you're even bigger than Ticket to Ride.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as you're describing this, I'm reminded of how much more fun board games are to play in person as opposed to hearing about them or, you know, just talking. So <laughs> that's right. <great. laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> the first Joe might be a little boring reference of the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I should say, and I've, I've already shared this. I mean, Joe, you and I are good friends and we've, we've met on a couple of occasions and, uh, just, I've real, I've been on your program and I just really love hanging out with you. You and I spent some time in, in NOLA and spent some time at podcast movement. And, you know, you're just a genuinely great person and you like people and, you know, you always seem to have an entourage around you. And, uh, the, you know, every award, uh, that's ever given uh, you seem to get them so so you must you must know what you're doing
0: i i don't know anything about that but 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 what i do know is that i was listening to your show when you were talking about going down to bourbon street and just how disgusting it was and i'm proud to say i was there with you yeah (laughs) and 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 you and i saw when we when we inadvertently walked into a place where the the supposed party was going on We, we saw this woman who was selling shots do something that might be illegal in 37 states.
1: Yeah, absolutely would. So if you're going to be disgusted, I, I recommend being disgusted with friends. It, it makes the uh, process more endurable.
0: I still remember the looks we were giving each other. Yeah. So- our, our, we got to get out of here.
1: With two boys from the Midwest, right. you know, older kids, and you know, we're we're a, I'd say the money nerd group. If we're financially responsible, and we're we're advocating financial responsibility, I would say generally responsibility kind of runs in our veins a little bit. So, no, nah, I wouldn't say much overindulging in in our crowd.
0: No, pro- probably not, but we do know how to have fun. That was a fun night.
1: Yes. All right. So Joe, I, I want, I want you to share some value, uh, with yes. our listeners because I know you have all this value, uh, in, in your re- in the recesses of your brain. And I want to extract that, uh, for those listening to us so that they can say, wow, that was the best episode ever. So no pressure, but. <laughs> Can you kind of tell me some of the things that you're most interested in the area of personal finance? What what things are 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 you most passionate about under that big umbrella? I like making it easier
0: because it- I've got so much stuff that I'm doing in my normal day. Finance should be two things, Josh. I think it should be easy and it should be fun. And and instead of this wall that we put up between each other, as a guy that was in the trenches for 16 years working with clients, it's funny... Uh, people put on this show that, hey, my life is all roses and things are great. Everybody's got skeletons in their closet. And and my feeling is if we just talked about them a little more and we realized that we all got to have those same skeletons and quit putting on this act that we don't, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot better, number one. But number two, so, so that, that kind of goes to the fun part. But making it, it easy is so important because... When I was growing up, I read uh, Sherlock Holmes. Did you ever read Sherlock Holmes?
1: Didn't read it, but uh, I've watched the movies recently.
0: Yeah, I like the BBC ones, by the way. I, yes. I think that the, the that the ones with uh, what's his name, uh, um, Oh Robert Downey Jr. are an abomination. Those are oh not- no, wow. Oh. Those are not. Those are great action movies, but those are not Sherlock Holmes. The BBC Sherlock Holmes with uh, uh, Cumberbatch. uh, Yes, uh, Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Those are fantastic. Those are very much of the vein of Sherlock Holmes. But Sherlock Holmes, in his books, Josh, he said that that he, he never knew anything about trivia and 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 Watson his counterpart was amazed that this guy who's the smartest guy he knows knows nothing about trivia and he finally asked him he's like y- you have no idea what's going on with the government right now you've got no idea what's going on with with you know the, the 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 popular celebrities why is that and sherlock holmes said something that i truly believe he said my brain is only so big i don't have enough room in my head for everything so if i can only concentrate on a few things i can be the master of those things Mm. so i think that whatever your real passion is it probably isn't like mine which is money It probably is something else. So if we can make it easy to get money saved, get it into the right place, and make it fun so when you are forced to talk about it, you actually enjoy it instead of thinking it's the dentist, I think we're going to get a lot further.
1: You know, I read a book on that topic not too long ago. It's called Now Discover Your Strengths. And the premise of the book was if you look at most superstar professional athletes, you know, they're not... You know, I guess they're, they're not focused on becoming a jack of all trades. In other words, if you're a golfer, you, you have an amazing short game or you have an amazing drive. And that's, that's the one thing that you just, you just really, really want to become the absolute best at that one thing. And so, you know, jacks of all trade end up becoming, of course, masters of none. And the, again, the premise of the book was, you know, pick something you're very passionate about and just, you know, hammer it. I mean just absolutely focus on that one thing. And that's where you will become the absolute best at that one thing. And then and then people will come to you as that person. I and I know that was kind of an aside to your overall philosophy with money. And and I do appreciate that. And so so Joe, you know, it's interesting too because I had this conversation with someone in the past couple days, and we were talking about how I think there are a lot of us that don't want to approach the issue of personal finance, or we may not even be willing to sit down with a financial advisor, because maybe we're embarrassed. And we think, you know, I really haven't gotten on with anything. You know, I've just been kind of taking care of bills as they come. You know, we had some big expenses. I just really haven't started. And so it's kind of like the person who feels like that they're so out of shape that they, they don't feel comfortable going to a gym. And so what are some ways that, that people can get started in taking a look at their finances and taking a look at, well, I know I need to be saving for retirement. I know I need to be saving for my kids college. I mean, what are some great ways to start?
0: Well, I think the first thing to do is you've got this monster in your head, right? Because I'm that guy too. Uh Before I ran a marathon, and I've now run nine marathons. Woo! Yeah. But before I ran any, the marathon was this big, fat monster, right? And getting ready yeah. for it was this big monster. And if, you know, life is like eating an elephant. It's, it's just one bite at a time, you know? Don't look at the whole elephant. So what I like is just using a couple tricks that work and then building from there. So let me give your listeners one here cuz cuz th- this is a great one. You know how for most people there's always a little bit more month than there is paycheck, right? Yeah. It, it might be the month is 2 days longer and you're sliding into sliding into home and not quite making it there. So for somebody listening that's in that that camp or even if you're not in that camp but you don't feel like your money's moving the right way, here's what you do. And Everybody has direct deposit, not everybody, but i 'd say ninety five percent of America has direct mm-hmm. deposit ninety five percent of the world has direct deposit when when you direct deposit where do you where do most people direct deposit josh
1: what from they the, right into their checking account
0: right into their checking account and so what you 're doing right there is a premise that everybody takes for granted, which isn 't true, which is the amount of money that my boss or my company pays me equals the amount of money that I have available to spend, not true, right? Mm. So, so the 401k in a lot of companies or a 403b in companies, those are automatic savings, and people dig those to use the technical term because of the fact that the money's taken out of your hands; it's saved already. Right. So, so why don't we set that up ourselves? So, here's what we do, and and this takes this takes half an hour one time. I actually was listening to another podcast that so they were discussing this. They actually quoted me on the show, and <laughs> and one of the people on the show said that just seems hard. And and another person on the show said, well, no, it's it's like half an hour one time and then it's automatic. But here's what you do. You direct deposit into a savings account, savings account that you can't get your hands on. And then your bank is very happy to help you set up. And like I said, it only takes a couple of minutes. Set up an automatic transfer in whatever time frame's best for you, whether it's weekly, monthly, biweekly, whatever, m- an amount of money that you need out of that savings into checking. And now the amount, Josh, that you're paying yourself is different than the amount that the company is paying you. Follow me? Mm, mm
1: -hmm. So
0: then what happens is money automatically starts accumulating in that savings account. So instead of worrying, how do I get money saved? How do I do all this stuff? Well, set yourself up to win by figuring out how much money you need to live on. Hopefully that's a little less money than, than, than what you're making every month and then the excess accumulates on its own instead of you having to slide money over. In fact, this morning I was reading some financial tips on Forbes, and one financial blogger was writing, "I believe you should take ten percent of your money out of checking and move it to savings." And my mm, thought is, yeah. why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just save automatically into savings and save eighty, or move eighty percent into checking? It's 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 powerful if the money's already saved. And w- one more little thing on that. We're lazy. I mean, just as people, yeah. I, nobody's ever called me a lazy guy, Josh. But 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 I'll tell you this: I'll take the path of least resistance, and if I can set things up so money's already saved, I will never go get it. But if I've got to take money out of my wallet and put it into my savings account, are you kidding me? That's never going to happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the trap that a lot of us get in. They're like, okay, well, you know, um, one of the budget items, you know, as I'm paying my utilities, as I'm going to the grocery stores, we're going out to eat. Uh, you know, one of the budget items is, you know, cutting myself a check for a hundred dollars to put it over in savings. Right. Yeah. No, that ain't happening. <laughs> right.
0: right. Well, and that's the other thing. I went to an, AT- to an ATM machine the other day and, uh, and I was depositing a check. And while I was there, I said, do you want any money? And of course my answer in my, you know, my monkey brain it said, yeah, I need money. So I took 20 <laughs> bucks out. What did I need 20 bucks for? Didn't need 20 bucks for anything. Mm. And guess what? That 20 bucks was in my wallet. And the second that $20 was in my wallet and didn't have any earmark attached to it, nothing attached to it. Guess what happened? It was gone. It was gone within the day.
1: Wow. What'd you buy?
0: (laughs) You you know what's funny is, so I passed this, we have this awesome barbecue place down by the highway and instead of the dinner that we were going to have at home i picked up barbecue for cheryl and i and it's so awesome it was yeah. so good but yeah. but we'd already dethawed chicken to have on the grill i thought i'll oh, we'll have the chicken on the grill tomorrow we'll eat this stuff today
1: <laughs> live for today amen
0: <laughs> that's again my monkey brain goes mm, barbecue yeah <laughs> exactly I, I gotta tell you being a guy that's originally from michigan and you're a guy originally from michigan yes. i did not get barbecue until i moved to texas five years ago
1: no you're right
0: When I moved to Texas, I was, it was, it it was heaven. And then I went back and I'm explaining to my mother in law, who's a great person. I'm about to rip her here, but she's a wonderful person. She, I told her about how great barbecue is. And she, she said, and she lives in Michigan. She said, Oh, oh, here's how I make my ribs. And immediately, Josh, my brain goes, I don't really care how you make your ribs. You live in Michigan. You don't get
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) What? Boston Market makes fine ribs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, they, they're, they're, yeah yeah <laughs> so so joe what i i love that what else do you spend your money on what, when it, when when you're when when nobody's looking
0: well you know we talked about it earlier i love board games yeah um i mean my 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 guilty pleasure if i have one is board games and i have a great board game collection by great i mean big uh, but what I like about board games is the fact that they're communal. I can spend that game ticket to ride. I talked about earlier, yeah. you get up at target for about 45 bucks. And if you use some of your methods, I'm sure Josh, you could find it for 30, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you can find ways to get that price lower, but different than either a, a, a video game or a movie that you're going to watch. It, it, how, my family's played ticket to ride. Maybe I'm going to say a hundred
1: times. Amazing. Yeah. So, so Joe, even, I mean, you got two kids, right? Right. Yeah. And so wouldn't your kids rather just play on a iPad or a tablet or some gaming console?
0: What's funny is, is that, is that they learned because we started when they were young, how communal board games are. Mm. And what I like about board games is as a family, we're sitting around and we're actually talking to each other. And you know, when my kids became teenagers, they're both sophomores in college. Now I have twins. When they became teenagers, they really didn't, didn't, uh, you know, they don't want to talk about anymore some of the stuff that they used to be open about. Mm. But if we can sit over a board game, all of a sudden we're all laughing and we're comfortable together. And then we kind of ease into some of the teenage discussions that we might not have had if we didn't have that communal aspect of the board game.
1: Wow. Wow, give me a few others because uh, i i'm i you have inspired me to <laughs> to you know because we've played as a family we've played apples to apples, so my kids are fifteen eleven, and eight, and yeah. so they're still you know st- you know with, especially with the eight year old they're a little younger and um so I think there's some some games that we could really get into but what are what are some of the other ones that you and your family have played
0: us uh, so, us uh, so great beginner board games tickets to ride I definitely recommend another one that you can buy at At Target or Walmart or wherever your local store is Settlers of
1: Catan. And Settlers
0: of Catan, Josh.
1: Yes, I keep hearing that. and, And I know that people who play it love it.
0: Well, and it has such a, it looks so boring. Like it looks, so, <laughs> when you look at it, when you look at it in the target shelf, you're like, I don't think I want to play that game. Yeah. What's great about these games though, is that number one, you're always paying attention. So, so here's, here's the average American perception of a board game. You pick up a die, you roll it, you move your thing, you do whatever it says. Yeah. These games are not like that. You actually, in Settlers of Catan, you're collecting things. And every time somebody rolls a die, it affects everybody at the table. So instead of me falling asleep while everybody yeah, else. Waiting for a monopoly, your turn. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in on every turn. And by the way, every turn, the active player, the person who's turd it is, is trading with all the other players. So I have to be on my game to try to make them trade stuff with me instead of trade stuff with Cheryl, you know, my spouse. So, uh, so it's, it's funny. It's very, a lot of back and forth. These games only take about an hour. I mean, the thing I hate about Monopoly too, is we get about, I don't know, about 10 turns in. We kind of know who's going to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, <Joe>. but, it's, <laughs> but it's but it's, no, you know, what's funny is that I'm the guy in our family who loves games, but loses constantly. I, I, I am, I am known for being horrible at board games and just loving them. So oh no. yeah, Settlers of Catan is fun. There's another, uh, there's another fun, more party-ish game. So if you're looking for something that's, that's a, that's a fun party-ish game, uh, I like a game called Homestretch. Huh. Which, is, which is fairly new. I think you'd have to go to Amazon or someplace online probably to buy it unless you've got kind of one of the more geeky, you know, uh, hobby game stores. Uh, but Homestretch is fun because it's a horse racing game. And even though you're betting, you're not really betting money. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, another game that's a fun family party game, our favorite family party game is called Things. And things is like apples to apples, but you know how in apples to apples, Josh, after you've gone through the cards a few times, yes. it gets a little boring. You're right. Exactly. Because you've seen them all. Yep. Things is like apples to apples, except, except everybody's got a blank piece of paper and they write an answer to a question. So it's, it's things you shouldn't do while you're having Thanksgiving dinner. Or things you shouldn't say, uh, things you shouldn't do at grandma's funeral, and so, and you can imagine how risque those can get. So, so the game we we played it when my kids were young, and the game's not risque at all because everybody knows, right? There's, there's young people. In the it's room.
1: scalable in yes. in its risqueness.
0: Uh, things is things is probably one of our favorite holiday party games. And uh, in, in one episode, we had a guy who's a big board game podcaster on last year, Josh, and he talks about games to teach you about money that he likes and games that are fun to buy for the holidays. And it's great frugal fun. Like I said, you know, I mean, this game, uh, Homestretch, and I was talking about the horse racing game, I mm-hmm. believe it's 30, 35 bucks, and, and you're going to play it over and over. It's very, very frugal family fun.
1: You know, I like that, especially when you compare it to the price of taking the family to the movies, which, you know, one time, 90 minutes, boom, you're done. And, you know, you have the memory of that until it comes out on DVD and then Redbox and you get it for $1.20. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like this. This is really cool, Joe. Thank you for inspiring me uh, to to take a look at uh, some board games like that. And, and uh, so on that vein, though, when you were talking about kids, what are some ways that, that you advocate uh, teaching personal finance to our kids? in teaching responsibility with money. I mean, have you cracked the code on this? uh boy there are lots of ways to crack that nut so i will give you a
0: couple of uh, a friend of mine shannon ryan has a great website called the heavy purse which mm-hmm. is a great resource uh, theheavypurse.com uh and her website is all about teaching kids about money she and i have a little bit <clears throat> excuse me a little bit different philosophy but i think we end up at the same place my philosophy has always been with with my children and with my clients kids when i was an advisor that t- to pay an allowance And make that allowance bigger than you would expect. So, Josh, when I say the amount of money that you should give your kid as an allowance, you're going to faint. However, and I'm going to put a big caveat on it. Mm -hmm. My definition of allowance and the average family's definition of allowance are two totally different things. Because I believe that what we really want to teach our kids is to be responsible with money. Big thing that happened to me is I went to college. I went to a military college called the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina. And I was there for two weeks, walked into the student union. I don't know if you know this about military college, by the way, Josh, you can't have a job and be a military school.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't work so well.
0: Yeah, you can't have this part-time job off campus, right? So I, so there was no way for me to get an income. I walk into the student union, Mark Clark Hall, and American Express has this table and they are uh-huh. offering me a credit card, an American Express credit card. Now, I'm in a military college, can't have a job. Guess who decides it's going to be a great idea to sign up for a card? Me. And guess who accepted me and gave me a card in the mail like three weeks later? American
1: Express. Express. That's why they're there.
0: It was incredible, man. And guess what? The first Saturday we had off, guess who was paying for lunch for all of my buddies? Uh, Me. Uh, I had this critic. I didn't get it, right? I didn't get it. In my family, it was a taboo topic to talk about money. My parents yeah. always paid for almost everything. When I did get money, it was spent on just fun stuff. So here's my definition of what kids should do with their allowance. My kids, when we would go to the movie, a movie, and they were old enough to decide whether they wanted to go to, they would or or stay home, you know, about 14, 15, uh, they could go with us, but they were buying their ticket. They were also buying their own popcorn. They're by, if if they want snacks, you know how expensive the snacks are at at the place, right? If they're going to buy snacks, Hey, I'm not, I'm not paying for that stuff. You're buying that with your money. If so, whenever it came to anything that was not basic food, clothing, shelter, My kids and I were having discussions about, is that really worth spending your allowance on? So I gave them a lot of money, which in the big scheme of things now that they're sophomores in college, Josh, wasn't that much money, you know, but, but when they were 10, my kids always had a lot more money than the average 10 year old had, because I like to give them their age weekly as an allowance. Mm, mm -hmm. And then that 10 bucks then they decide what they're going to do with it. And by the way, this takes, this takes a lot of parenting. And I think yeah. that, I think that being a good parent is talking to your kids about money and about how they make decisions. I didn't tell my daughter to go blow her entire allowance when she was young, which she did the first like five weeks. We started this process at uh, age seven. We started, um, uh, uh, she blew it. I mean, right away we go to the store and bam. Her seven bucks was gone immediately.
1: But but you need to let her do that though, right? I would
0: I, I would rather have her screw up with seven dollars, yeah. and get to the second week of college and see the American Express table and think this is a good idea.
1: Mm, wow. And I could see Joe exactly what you're ref- talking about when you say that this does require a little bit more parenting. And I think I've gotten you know just kind of in that trap of uh, oh gosh, it's just it's just too much more work and. Uh, you know, I'd rather just, I'm just going to pay for this stuff. I don't want to have to worry about that kind of thing. But I, I think it really is missing out on an opportunity now. Uh, opportunity. Now, do you tie this to responsibilities and uh, chores? How do you work that in?
0: No, Shannon and I, and I'll brag on Shannon. I'll also tell you Shannon's thing, which is a little different, which is pretty cool too. But, uh, but, but Shannon and I both believe that if you're a member of a family, you have basic responsibilities. Um, and, and those responsibilities are non-negotiable. You have things that you Mm. do just as a member of our family. We have pride as a family and who we are. We do some things and, and that's, that's not tied to the, the, that's not tied to the allowance. Shannon, where I would just have an amount of money, Shannon didn't have an amount of money. Shannon had something pretty cool too that I like, but was different than what I did. She had a jobs board, Josh, which were (laughs) over and above the things that are your basic tasks. And those had amounts of money tied to them. And then you would go grab a job off the job board and that job would pay when you were done, as long as it was done Mm -hmm. to the boss's satisfaction, which was Shannon's satisfaction. So Shannon never gave an allowance. She actually had, hey, you apply for the job. You tell me how you're going to do the job (laughs) and then you do the job and then you get paid. I had a client who would give his kids an allowance and he would deduct taxes, he called it, which (laughs) which (laughs) (laughs) I love it. He wanted his kids to know just how much money the man takes from you every paycheck. So he would give you, you know, if he gave you 10 bucks, he would take two. Now, the cool thing was he would put it in the college savings fund, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but, but he wanted taxes deducted. And Shannon had the jobs board. I love both of those. I just never, yeah. Did
1: or you could, you know, you could say if you're not fulfilling your basic, look, your allowance is 10 bucks a month or is 10 bucks a week. That's big money. But if you don't do your job, boom, deduction. And so (laughs) that's interesting. That's interesting. I think it's I
0: I think the important thing from where I sit, trust your kids with a little money and some and let them make some bad decisions with a little bit of money. Everybody's going to make a bad decision because we're all new at, at this at one point or another. I would rather have my kids get the bad decisions out of their system at 9, 10, 11 years old so that when they get to college, my kids, my daughter is at Arkansas. My, my son is at, uh, is at University of Texas. They both, they both do great with money. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with how they're handling money while they're on their own day-to-day in college.
1: Interesting. You know, and I like this because, you know, we're teaching them. It's one thing to give your kids a lecture. It's another thing for them to experience these things. Experiential learning is probably the most powerful way of learning. Uh, and Joe, I did want to ask you, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, it, when you were growing up and, and I was in the same situation, talking about money was taboo. Where do you think that started? Why is that?
0: I don't know, but it but it really drives me crazy. My parents said, you know, it was none of my business what my dad made. It was none of my business what happened with it. And part of me thinks we don't want to scare kids, right? I mean, yeah. if the family's struggling with money, we don't want to fill them full of fear. And I get that. But, but, but I, I was in a, a middle-class family that was doing okay. And I can't remember times. Maybe I was more shielded than I think, but I can't remember a time when we were we were really super struggling. I mean my dad was a supervisor with one of the auto companies with General mm-hmm. Motors. Mm-hmm. So he had a he had a decent paycheck. We lived in a decent neighborhood. It just yeah, I think it's what he learned from his parents that it was none of his mm-hmm. business and passed down from their parents. No idea where it came from. Wish I did cuz man, I'd like to go back and change it. You know, take the time machine and maybe yeah. The- yeah, be the, the guy to change that, and that. But that's kind of like what I like about you know, and, and to brag on you. That's what I like about your show is that, is that you talk about and make these topics open. It's not guru y, you know, where somebody on high is telling you about money. We're just going to chat about. I've got these strategies to save you a bundle of money.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, but you know, I'm thinking about the risks. You know, what is the risk if I tell my kids exactly what I earn and you know, if I tell them uh, about maybe some financial struggles that we're experiencing right now. Is there any risk? I mean, am I going to damage them if I share that with them? I think maybe maybe some of the fear might be well, kids are loud mouths and they're just going to tell all their friends and I don't want that getting around the neighborhood. Maybe it stems from that.
0: Well, and that's some learning too, right? So you, you have to trust your children at some point, And certainly your kid's going to say something that they probably shouldn't say. Um, but I think that's part of the discussion you have to have at the beginning and coaching that you have to do with, w- with your kids. I think I, I get worried. Uh, if, you know, there were times like early in my career, like everybody who's been a financial advisor knows the first few years of financial advising are really a struggle that it's, it's a hundred percent, um, you know, whatever your clients are doing and you don't have many clients and the ones people that are trusting you with their money aren't trusting you with a lot. Mm. So, so the early years were very lean And uh, my wife was still in school at the time, was still in college. And so we we really had some struggle years. And I think that people worry that their kids are going to go to school with this weight. You know, like if you know the family's financial picture, you're going to go to school with that weight on your shoulders. So, you know, if, if you've got, really big struggles i don't think you need to get into the details and and how bad things are but, but but i'll give you some examples one game we played and we started this game on purpose i would come home from work uh some nights at eight or nine o'clock at night uh early in my career and i'm sure you've been here josh because you've got kids too. drive into the driveway my house is lit up like disneyland Right. <laughs> and then I, I walk through these empty rooms with the lights on.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The,
0: the radio's on in the kitchen. We've got two TVs in the house. They're both on. Guess who's watching them? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> right. It, it, it's amazing. And then I get the utility bill and, and I go through the roof. So instead, we had we have a weekly we have a weekly budget meeting at our house that's every Sunday. And normally it's just Cheryl and I for most of the budget, but we'd involve the kids once a month and we got the utility bills and we got some of the family bills because we started this graph and I had this graph paper and this game of how low can we get that utility bill?
1: Mm, that's a fun and game. And it was funny
0: because my kids,
1: yeah. It's I mean, a fun my game kids, for me is the guy who has to pay for it.
0: <laughs> that's right. My kids had no, you know, You think your kids have no incentive, right? So what's my kid's incentive? They have a financial? No, they didn't. Their incentive is they're a member of this family and they want to see you succeed.
1: So the second
0: I turned it into a game and said, hey, let's see what we can do here. And then I started showing them like articles that I'd find, uh, you know, Andrea Warwick, uh, uh, AndreaWarwick.com. She is this great consumer finance site with tips about like how to lower your energy bills and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, so I would show them videos like that or stuff that I found in the newspaper. And we would talk about those that are, oh Oh, here's some things we can do. We could do this and this. And, and so we put timers on some of our lights and changed out, you know, low efficiency light bulbs with high efficiency light bulbs. And, and, and my kids learned all this. And then when we got the bill, that bill came in the mail instead of them ignoring the bill, like 99% of families, my kids were mm. fired up,
1: mm. <laughs>
0: the, you know, the electricity bills here, let's open it, let's open it. Let's see. Did we win?
1: Yeah. Oh, Joe, that's, that's awesome. I love that. So I, man, I have come away from this conversation with so many things that, that I've got a list that, that I want to make sure that I do. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to re-listening to, to this episode along with my listeners so I can make sure to get all this stuff. So I'll have a list of a lot of the resources that you shared. And of course, a link directly to, uh, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash abundance. And uh, I'll I'll make sure to link to that as well. And I appreciate you putting together some resources uh, specifically for my listeners. And we've kind of run out of time, but Joe, I want to have you on again, all right? So let's let's plan on doing this here shortly, because there's so much more that that I'd love to chat with you about. Amen, brother. This was fun. Awesome. As as long as we don't do it on
0: Bourbon Street, I'm good.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, thank you, my friend. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. So there you go. I, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I'm going to have Joe back on the show as I mentioned uh, sometime in the future because there's really so much that I'd I'd love to chat with him about. So uh, on Joe's recommendation, there's three games uh, that we purchased. So we bought Settlers of Catan, we got Ticket to Ride, and we also got the game of Things. So I'll start off with the game of, of Things. I, uh, so it was just my wife and I and played with my eight-year-old Noah. And, uh, it's, I can tell you right now that it's, as Joe mentioned, it's a game that, uh, it's a good party game. So I think the more people you have, the better. And, uh, I could definitely see how if you got a group of friends together, well, I could see how this could be a blast. So if you want the link for that, uh, the link to all these games, by the way, you're welcome to just do a search on Amazon if you like or if you wouldn't mind you can go to my site and you can click on the links and and if you'll do that I think Amazon will share some of the net proceeds with 90 days to abundance or if you just want to google it yourself then they get to keep it all it's fine either way uh but the game of things I definitely give it a thumbs up for a party game so my wife and I have a uh I think we have a game night scheduled with some some friends, and and I'll give you a further review of how that ends up going in a future episode. Now, I do want to talk about the two other games, however, Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride. And so I'll start with Settlers of Catan. So this is how it went down. I didn't really know how to play, and I'll be honest, it took us about 45 minutes to go through the rules please do not let that scare you, okay? We're also teaching the rules to my eight-year-old. So if it were just my wife and I, I'm quite sure we could have gotten the hang of it in about 15, 20 minutes. So the more people you have to teach uh, the rules to, I think it can kind of slow down the process. But please, 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 please do not let that scare you, okay? I'm so glad we muscled our way through it because this ended up being a blast this game is now, we are all hooked on it. But now the first game, we still really didn't know what we were doing. So I ended up getting uh landlocked. I, I basically got boxed in and there was nowhere that I could build. And it was my 11-year-old Ethan that boxed me in. So I mean, what do you do when you've essentially lost the game, but you still have to kind of ride it out? I don't know if that's ever happened to you in Monopoly when you're like, man, there ain't no way I'm going to win this game. So, What do you do? I guess you could just kind of keep playing and cheer, when, uh, cheer for others when uh, they tend to be doing well. Well... I ended up kind of uh, partnering with my eight-year-old, my eight-year-old Noah. And, uh, I, I looked at, uh, what, what he was, uh, he was the nicest to me. And that's why I partnered with him. My 11-year-old, not so nice. So I kind of ganged up with uh, my eight-year-old against my 11-year-old, uh, for boxing me in. And my, uh, eight-year-old Noah, he, look, he didn't need my help. He was in a great position. He picked it up and my eight-year-old Noah, won the first family game of Settlers of Catan. Now, they also have an iPad version that you can uh, download and play. It is extremely fun as well, but as far as playing with the family, the board game was a blast. And uh, again, I can absolutely see what Joe was talking about, and I've heard other friends have talked about it. Fantastic game. Absolutely go get it. Now, We ended up going to Target and Target's prices were a few dollars more than Amazon. So what you could do, if you absolutely want to have it now and you don't want to wait a day or two um, to get it through Amazon, you can go to Target and you can have them price match that at Amazon. So that's another option for you. Or again, I have the link that you can click on and you can purchase it from Amazon yourself. Uh, And then finally, Ticket to Ride. And again, as Joe was explaining it, it's, it's not extremely, it doesn't sound extremely fun, but again, this is another one that it's a very easy game to pick up. Read the reviews for these on Amazon, by the way, and I think you'll get a good idea. My experience, we ended up playing this the same, the four of us. I don't know where my daughter is. I think she's, she's hanging out with her friends or whatever, but uh, we need to get her roped into this because Ticket to Ride I can't tell you which one I enjoy more, Ticket to Ride or Settlers of Catan. Man, my family loves this game. Please get this game. This is coming from a skeptic who really hasn't had the best Experiences in the past with board games. Usually we just kind of lose interest. We're like, eh, okay, you know, just kind of, you know, it feels like sometimes uh, depending on what the game is, mom and dad are just kind of going through the motions and, you know, it's kind of more of a kids game. Ticket to ride. I would say, you know, your kids probably want to be seven or eight years old uh, and they could probably catch, catch on to it. Super, super fun. Especially if you like to kind of map out just a little bit of strategy and how your train route is going to go. Go get this game. Got the link for you. All set up. Just go to savingsangel.com and then click on podcast. You'll see that in the sidebar. And then this is show number 76. And you'll see uh, in in the uh, title of all my podcasts, you can find exactly which one this is. And I've got a link to all the games that I mentioned. So if you forget the names, that's a great way that you can get it. And so with that, hey, thank you so much for uh, spending this time with me. I hope you found this beneficial. Uh, Look, I I know I'm always looking Looking for ways that that I can bond with my children, and and we can have mutual activities, things that we're all interested in. And uh, I'm a convert. I am a convert to board games, and uh, these ones that Joe recommended really are terrific. So I want to thank Joe for joining us. And also, you know, when you're over at Savings Angel, I got a bunch of free stuff that you can enjoy. I've got free coupon database. I've got all kinds of free tips. I've got free deals. Look, it's it's all it's it's all at savingsangel.com. Right on the front page, you'll see exactly what I'm giving away for free. And yeah, there are a couple things that if you want to upgrade to, you're welcome to do that as well. Got another great episode coming up for you in just a few days. So make sure that you have subscribed. I strongly recommend that you hit the subscribe button in iTunes. It's the best way to get these podcasts delivered to you while you sleep so you can just... Open up the app next time, and it's automatically there for you to listen at your leisure. So with that, again, have a great day. Have a great week. And as always, live abundantly. Had I known that, I would have put on my performance
0: voice. Hello, baby.